Hello and welcome to the GX video series and the GX podcast. If you're listening to us on YouTube or Spotify or one of the platforms, make sure you subscribe and share this with your friends. We are at the World Government Summit 2023 here in Dubai. This is where the world's top government leaders, technologists, influencers, thinkers uh, have come together uh, to talk about the future of government services. In this episode, I have with me Barbara Ciara Obaldi. She's with OECD, and OECD does incredible work across the world. It kind of sits between governments, the private sector, and uh, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. Yeah, so it's a pleasure having you, first of all, at the World Government Summit, important place for OECD to be and for us to have a conversation. Uh, you're also part of the GX uh, uh, forum that is happening tomorrow uh, and it's the largest forum that we've had in GX or the government experience uh, sub-summit that happens within the World Government Summit. Um, what are some of the things that you've been seeing so far based on uh, your visit? Listen, it's very interesting because uh, uh, chatting about uh, the last 20 years, the interesting part is that I've been working on these topics for the past 20 years indeed. Uh, before joining the OECD, I was with the UN, and what's interesting is to see that some of the challenges that governments seem to have uh, are very similar to 20 years ago, but perhaps some of the way they are thinking on how to solve them um, is coming through in a different way or with different lenses. So what I've been seeing in the past 24 hours, which is somehow similar to what I have been seeing in the past few years, is really trying to think out of the box and um, trying to uh, change the narrative a little bit. So rather than always uh, starting with technology first, starting with the problem first. And again, the problem is not different from 20 years ago, which is always around people's needs and yeah. how services can better respond to the needs. Yeah. But what I'm seeing a bit more is really the effort to try to go out of the usual way of thinking about solutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so as OECD, you work with uh, countries across the world in different corners of the world. Help us understand maybe uh, what are some of the you know, developments that are exciting for us to know, uh, some breakthroughs that have taken place over the last few years. Any, anything exciting that, that you've seen happen in the last few? So first of all, I think I'm finally excited to see that um, in some countries the idea of connecting design with delivery of public services is coming as a priority. Mm -hmm. So for many years, governments have been complaining because they were putting services online and then they were investing money and then people were not using those services. So they were very disappointed because the return on investment was not what they were expecting. And then they realized that the problem was that they were not thinking about the design when they were uh, considering how to improve the delivery of the services. Mm. So approaches like user-centered service design, the rethinking of service end-to-end, the going beyond a little bit this uh, life event approach that uh, was the, the way to think about services 20 years ago yeah. is one of the main trends that we see that I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Second, uh, we see more and more the understanding of data as an asset, uh, going beyond open data and thinking about how data can be used to understand uh, trends, to um, understand if we are delivering what is needed to be delivered, to monitor results, and that implies changing radically the way governments um, see the value of data, 
are capable of using data yes. and actually use data. Yeah. And then uh, I would say that the third uh, trend that I see as being very interesting is around one enabler place, which is digital identity. Mm -hmm. So, so far digital identity has, always, has been a reality for many years, yeah. especially for the private sector to ease up access to public, to private services. Now the fact that the understanding of digital identity as a solution that enables governments to better manage identity as a service and therefore the need to rethink partnership with the private sector when the solution is provided yeah. by the public sector is a third trend that I see happening yeah. in countries. Uh, and and uh, you, what you mentioned that just got me to think that, you know, um, there's the way of, you know, having the technology and then finding the solution versus finding a problem and then trying to find different ways of solving it, right? And technology could be one of them. Uh, and there's a, when you go out in the world, there's both of those happening and those experiences, you know, we learn from those experiences. Uh, you work a lot with developing countries, right? There's, uh, you know, let's say there's Africa as, a, as an entire region where some exciting things are happening. For example, in Rwanda, there's digital transformation happening, uh, or in Latin America, Argentina is doing a little bit. Uh, help us understand, like, from a regional perspective, what are your favorite regions or where are you seeing these hotbeds of activity, some breakthroughs uh, that we can learn about? Yeah, I have to say that uh, there is no region that I like better than others. Uh, what I like a lot is enthusiasm that I see in some countries. Uh, so definitely in Latin America, and just going back, I agree with you that it's not about being a developing country or a developed country. You can really find very interesting and enthusiastic uh, implementers in countries that are not mm -hmm. uh, advanced countries when it comes to the economic development, but they really also have the value of not having, in many cases, the legacy problems, because basically they're less advanced when it comes to digital government, but at the same time, they have more freedom to create something new. And yeah. therefore, I've seen, for example, very interesting examples in Latin America. I agree with you, Argentina, but also Brazil mm -hmm. has very interesting um, examples, but um, in some cases, examples are not sustainable in the long run mm -hmm. because you have the political leadership changing. Right. Uh, so a few years ago, Mexico, for example, had very interesting examples of use of data to solve problems. Um, and the use of data across the administration trying to also to bring the civil servants as part of the solution. Uh, that has been inspiring some other countries. For example, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Peru was very, Peru and Colombia were two countries that uh, prioritized the use of open data yep to release information that would enable people to understand, you know, how the government was dealing with the emergency, but also mm -hmm. how the, the um, let's say, how the uh, trend of the disease was uh, um, uh, expanding across the country. Mm -hmm. Then you have very interesting examples in Europe as well. Um, Europe, as a, it seems to be a more, in theory, cohesive um, environment, whereas it's not. So we always tend to think about Estonia as a big leading example yeah. in terms of countries, yeah. which is true, but then you find very interesting pockets of advanced ways of dealing with problems in other countries like Greece, for example, which yeah. have a very complex geography. So serving citizens mm -hmm. across Greece is not as easy as serving citizens across a more unified uh, country. Right. But then when you go to uh, Africa, I agree with you, there are very interesting examples. Africa is a large continent. Yeah. So there are some interesting examples in the MENA region. Mm -hmm. uh, Morocco has tried to join up uh, um, uh, agendas across the country between innovation services and digital, yeah. Yeah. but also uh, South Africa is trying to do interesting things around right. GovTech, for example. And then when you go to Southeast Asia, Indonesia has tried, especially at the local level, to yeah. do very interesting things yeah. to make sure that the local administrations would be capable to better engage 
with the users of public services. Mm -hmm. So I really have to say that uh, there's no region that I like better than others, but yeah. there are attitudes yeah. that I like. And what I like a lot is when I find enthusiastic uh, decision makers who understand that the support from the top is needed to make the change uh, happen. Of course, rightly said. Uh, one of the things that is challenging, I guess, the whole world right now is uh, a growing refugee crisis, right? Uh, wherever, like you've got Syria, you've got the Middle East, generally speaking, but now you have European refugee crises as well with Ukraine and so on. And there's other uh, areas in the world where it, it has constantly been a challenge because of war, because of un unstable political uh, situations. And what I want to uh, maybe ask is about how do we help refugees to be served digitally. And we saw some years ago in Estonia, there, were, um, there was a company I remember and they created a blockchain-based digital identity for refugees who had no papers, right? Amazing and great initiative and they, that was their identity. They could buy things with that. They could get services with that. Help us understand where, where is the light of us as a global community of technology leaders, governments and so on to, to somehow help yeah, we all talk so much about people-centered change, transformation, digital government, and I really think that the answer lies in these two words. Refugees are people that we are serving, and when we talk about people, we even go beyond the idea of citizen, and a person, like I said earlier, has the right to be identified. Yeah. So if we think about, for instance, digital identity is being seen also as a big enabler to help serve a person even if this person is a refugee, because at the end of the day, there's the need from any authority to identify who the person is, yeah. and there is a need for the person to be identified uh, and to be served uh, somehow. So I think that digital identity is becoming one of the concrete ways to be able to serve refugees who are people at yeah. the end. So to me, that's the best way to think of these um, persons we are serving, yeah. but at the end of the day are people beyond their nationality, beyond their citizenship. Yeah. When you look at some examples, let's say, for example, India, that has a huge population, amazing and fast-growing population, and they're doing a great job with digital identity, rollout of different apps that government is, is using, streamlining taxation, streamlining financial accounting, a bunch of other things. And I think there's hope. Right, uh, smaller nations and countries shouldn't be afraid that hey, this is something impossible. If if big countries like India, China, and others that are growing in the region, Saudi Arabia is, is a great example, and they did um, a really great rollout of their services during the, during the pandemic with new apps and so on. Um, what are the next five to ten years looking like for you, from where you see things? What are the immediate pressing challenges that we must come together to solve? When we think about the services, for example, it's um, <clears throat> the idea that personalization matters, meaning it's much easier for some countries that are very complex to think that serving means understanding that there are many different uh, users of the same service that you are serving. So, um, fun enough, um, it seems to be easier for large countries like India, for example, to understand this uh, matter. Uh, than for smaller countries to understand it. So we think that countries that have a much uh, smaller population are actually more capable to better serve their citizens. That's not necessarily the case, because they tend to be less uh, 
innovative when they think about what is the problem I'm trying to solve. Yeah. So if you ask me, first of all, people are moving much more than before across borders. Yeah. Uh, so the challenge will be to actually think about the user as somebody who moves and is not within one country, which mm -hmm. means you need to have solutions which are interoperable mm -hmm. and accepted and recognized by other countries. Digital identity is one example. Yep. Second, identify that there are many nuances when it comes to providing a service that need to be taken into account. You and I might both need to register a child yeah. in the same country, but you and I might be two very different users mm -hmm. of that specific user right. because of personal situations. Yeah. So that's gonna be, I think, another very important challenge. And the third one is I work with governments. So um, I think of governments and their challenge and it's breaking silos. Because yeah. many times when I work with governments, they still put on, this, on the table the same challenge they had 20 years ago. Um, and the problem is that many uh, of them, I would say most of them are very bureaucratic and organized around uh, vertical yeah. Uh, yeah. chains of command or vertical lines of uh, production or value chains. And mm -hmm. that's very difficult mm -hmm. uh, to cut across. Yeah, excellent. Uh, any specific conversations within uh, the, the World Government Summit that, that you're looking forward to have, uh, having? Actually, the, the services conversation will yeah. be very interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, there are many different panels that all touch upon key questions when it comes to services, either the use of AI, the GovTech, yeah. the digital identity, the user uh, engagement, which I think it's something we talk a lot about, but yeah. it's not necessarily easy to implement. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to the session tomorrow. Amazing. Thank you, Barbara, for joining us and for your time today uh, at, uh, at, at the GX platform. Uh, GX is all about government experience and you know how we can create better experiences worldwide. Uh, so thank you so much, and we thank really you. appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. you. All right. And that's all for this episode of uh, the GX video series or the podcast. If you're listening it, listening to it uh, on a platform of your choice, subscribe to us and share it with your uh, peers, friends, and uh, colleagues. Thank you and take care.